Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Kimber Lovett-Minkiti. And I'm Tiffany Fikes. And I am so excited because we are going to launch into a really interesting two-week series about how our brains and bodies are connected and how we can really use that information to harness some of the power that we have in our minds to deal with the stress that we inevitably face. So I personally nerd out about brain stuff. It, it may be, you may be shocked to learn they don't really cover neuroscience in film school, um, <laughs> but In the last 15 years of my self-leadership journey, I've really focused on learning more about the brain and the science has like gotten so much better and there's been so many great studies that have come out in the last 10 years. Um, And I actually just finished a book called Trying Softer by Andy Kolber. And it does have a biblical worldview just in case um, I I want everybody to know that. But I think she does a great job of explaining why we as leaders need to talk about this. So I'm just going to read a quote from her book. Um, She says, Our world overvalues productivity and others' opinions, so we learn to ignore messages our bodies are giving us. We've been socialized, parented, and wired to overfunction so that we don't recognize when our bodies are stressed, traumatized, and exhausted until the consequences are dire. It's then, when anxiety and adrenaline have worn us down to a nub, that we find ourselves depressed, exhausted, and disconnected. So what do y'all think, ladies? Does that ring true? Oh, my gosh. So true. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I literally feel, like, I felt me, my body was literally like holding its breath as you were reading that. As you were like, reading? like, oh. And social media doesn't make it any better, honestly. Like, no, and, and just realizing, like, the most freeing part of that to me was we were socialized, parented, and wired to overfunction. Like, the expectations that we put on ourselves mm-hmm. or that we feel like society puts on us is an overfunctioning level. Like mm-hmm. that that was just really freeing to me where I was like, oh, maybe it isn't just all in my head. Maybe it is the world around me too. Yeah. It so. is. Like we are, we are literally every every response too is like do more, show up more. And and the perfectionism inside of that. Not only do it, but do it like flawlessly. Yeah. So have you guys had any experience in your businesses or anything like that where you have overfunctioned? I can, I can lead off. I know that, uh, so when I, my, when I went to labor, um, I, my water broke and none of my friends water broke. Like that was something that happened once they were already in labor. So my water broke and, um, I was in the middle of negotiating deals. Like it was very unexpected. Obviously, most most deliveries are, but like super unexpected. And I ended up negotiating two real estate deals while in labor for my youngest son's birth, which is not okay. It's not normal. I mean, even the doctor came in one time and I held up my finger like, I'm on the phone just a second. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me handle this. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah. So like Can that's my baby story. Of overfunctioning, <laughs> yes, absolutely well, I, ridiculous. So I have a similar fun labor story. I um, I have a, I had an emergency C section with my first, and a really, really, really hard recovery. Right, like it just it was a really difficult recovery. So for my second, I was a thousand percent committed to a natural childbirth, and you know because I was like I'm not doing that, and 
I recognize that that also meant from a functioning standpoint, part of that was because I was down for like two weeks after the birth, right? And you have this brand new baby for the first time. So the second one, like, right, he super fast, super easy birth. And very similar to Tiffany, the the doctor comes in to see me like later that afternoon and I'm already back negotiating a deal with a brand new second baby. And she looks at me and she said, did you want to do a VBAC so you could get back to work faster? (laughs) And I was like, oh God, I've been discovered. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, yes. I mean, I I think that was this whole last year on my side. Our birth story wasn't like as exciting as both of yours. Mine was a lot more chill, but the just the you know the functioning of like taking care of a parent and all that goes into that, while like still having your kid in third grade and running a business and being head of PTA and all of those things, like none of those balls could drop. Um, in my mind, like I didn't give any grace for those needing to drop in the middle of that. So I think I've been on that like over overdrive for a good like year and a half. And this year has been really learning how to unwire that honestly, um, a little bit. So I'm excited for today because selfishly this is, y'all can just come along if you want, but really this episode's for me. So just, you know, thank you, Tiffany, for writing an episode (laughs) for me to figure this out. (laughs) Yes. Well, one of the mastermind groups we were a part of, I think they had done a survey survey to that group ahead of time. And like burnout was sort of right at the top of the list to sort mm-hmm. of what were the leaders struggling with. And as leaders, none of us want to get to the place where we're completely disconnected. We're worn down from yeah. our businesses, from our lives, right? Like what I think Wendy says this beautiful thing, like you want to build a life that you don't have to escape from, that you don't have to have a vacation mm-hmm. from the life that you've created because it's just so frenzied. And we don't want this for our people. Like we're models for that. It's hard to say to your people, hey, yeah. you know, we want you to to not be burnt out and disconnected, but then they look up at you at the leader. And at the end of the day, like, like, I we don't want set that. the pace. Yeah. We don't, mm-hmm. I don't want that. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important when you think about why do you learn about this stuff and how we're wired and how it works and how, how our brain really contributes to that. So we're literally going to spend the next two weeks teaching and learning ourselves about something and how our brain works, how our bodies respond, and ultimately how you can harness that power and that brain and body connection to change your response and create better relationships and better outcomes. And that's it, right? Build a better life. How do you do that? I love that. Well, you know, and that's in order to have a bigger life, you have to have those pieces, right? If we're, otherwise we're just working all the time. Um, And the business might be really big, but the life isn't going to reflect that. So this week we're going to break it down and talk about the most basic parts of the brain first and how your brain develops. Because by understanding that, you can really then start to identify what happens in your brain and in your body when you feel threatened or when you feel overworked. So we're going to break the brain down into three pieces. The first part is your brain stem. And those are the things that don't require thinking, like your breathing or your heart, um, the staying alive functions, right? Like that part of your body and your brain literally do it while you sleep. Um, And that's your brain stem. Your second part is what we call the limbic system. And the limbic system is really about emotions. It's about memories. And this includes your amygdala. I love that word. Your amygdala. Um, I love that word too. It is. Yeah. I feel like I should have a t-shirt. You sound so smart. Everybody should just use the word amygdala. I do. I challenge all of you to use amygdala at some point in a conversation today and just let us know how you used it because I would love to know how you used amygdala. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel really smart? And how did you use it? And what was the reaction? Um, 
So, you know, the limbic system includes your amygdala, which is the part of the brain um, that processes fear. And it also gives you that primitive fight or flight response. So that is like your, it's your emotional reaction. It's it's all of, you know, you'll see something and all of a sudden it creates this memory that you have, you know, like triggers this memory that you have that all of a sudden your body reacts to. Um, you know, we've all seen movies where all of a sudden it triggers something that happened in your life and you don't understand why all of a sudden you're bawling, but it triggered part of your limbic system. Um, and then you have your prefrontal cortex, which is the third part we're going to be talking about. And that's your higher level thinking. Um, this is also the part of your brain that's not usually fully developed until you're 25. So think about that if you reflect back on all of the life decisions that you made maybe before you were 25, just blame it on your prefrontal cortex not being fully formed. Well, you know, that's why they don't let you rent cars until you're 25. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're like, because they're like, like, you don't uh, have any reason. You're working no. on it. Yeah. You're working on a partially formed brain until you're 25. <laughs> I have a lot of other things I would like to have to happen until after you're 25, but I'll leave those to my, my opinions to myself on that one. Um, but your prefrontal cortex, um, when it's online, all three parts of your brain are linked and you are like fully integrated, like humming on all cylinders. And so um, we're going to dive into those different three parts today. Can y'all think about like speaking of prefrontal cortex, can you think of anything like that you did before you were 25, maybe and before that was connected that um, you either like wish you didn't do, or maybe like you don't want your kids to find out about so we can really test and see if they listen to our podcast episodes later in life? <laughs> So what are the, like, I can, nothing really comes to, I mean, I did tons of stupid stuff. Don't get me wrong. But you think it's not stupid in the moment. No. And we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that later because you think you're being logical even if your prefrontal cortex isn't fully integrated. But I'm reading a book right now because I have my very first teenager in the house. And it's called, Yes, Your Teenagers Are Crazy. Yes. And it talks about this. <laughs> it basically is like, you can't, act, you can't, tried to make them logical. They don't have that part of their brain functioning right now. And so like, you need to understand that they literally are crazy. Like it's biological or physiological that they are not fully thinking right now. So. Well, I feel like I say that, right? With a 14 year old, similar to Tiffany, right? Especially a 14 year old boy. Like I literally am like, did you think about that? Like you could not have. And, and when I read this book was recommended to me by right a number of parents and I was like, oh, he really isn't thinking about that. <laughs> His brain really is not functioning that way. Because <laughs> I was like, nothing about I, uh, that made any sense. <laughs> uh, this is Seychelles going over to Amazon and ordering it right now. I feel like I'm like, like and immediately Seychelles orders. I'm putting all of these, by the way, the books we're mentioning today are going into the show notes. So if you are listening and you can't like, because you're driving and you don't want to pull over and write these down, just so you know, I am putting any of the books we talk about today in the show notes that you can get to, which is great. Okay, so I want to try to help our visual learners, which is like a real task on a podcast, but I'm, I'm, somebody showed me this and I feel confident that you guys will benefit from this. So the, those parts of your brain, I want everybody to like, look at your hand, hold your hand out in front of you and your wrist is your brainstem, okay? Then tuck your thumb into your palm like this and put your fingers up tall. Your thumb is your limbic system, your amygdala. So your brainstem forms first and then you get your amygdala, your thumb. And it's in charge. When it's seen, it's in charge, okay? 
And then I want you to bend your fingers up over your thumb into a nice little fist. And this, your fingers are your prefrontal cortex. So when your prefrontal cortex is engaged, covering up your thumb, then your brain is fully integrated. This is when you have high level thinking, you're doing your best at logic. I mean, there's a lot we could talk about with the brain and the fact that there is no reality, there's like no logic. You can't be really making perfect decisions all the time, but you are integrated and using all parts of your brain at that point. So your brainstem develops first. Like think about it, babies in utero are, are their hearts are beating. Uh, then you are got your fear and your staying alive instincts. It's why a baby, when it touches the stove, pulls its hand back. Like that's the limbic system activated. And it's why they learn that that stove was hot and they don't do it again. Um, that's just keeping them alive. And then over time and experiences, your prefrontal cortex gets fully developed, which back in primitive brains, they didn't have yeah. as much of this, just so everybody knows Ooh. that too. So this is part um, of the evolution process. That's yes. Cool. Yes. Well, it's interesting too, Tiffany, you think about like young, like, I, you know, we start, we launched the first Keller Williams in DC when I was um, 25, 26 and Bo was 28. So I think about this, like this idea, like somebody asked me 10 years later, like, what did you guys learn? I was like, well, we, I would have never done it. Right. Like, cause I had, I knew too much. Like we didn't have the fear. So if you think about like young professionals in your world, like they're diving in and they're starting businesses and they're, because there's no fear that like, they haven't developed all the things that tell you in the life experience and the brain development that would say, don't, don't, oh, wait, here's all the reasons you shouldn't go do that. So it's interesting, right? We think about sort of both as young people, but also like, how do we, how do we continue to like honor that? Because as it continues to develop, you are going to have more of that like pullback reaction on a broader scale. Yeah. yeah. That's well, really and the interesting. Other, the other thing to know about the amygdala and the limbic system is it doesn't activate your fingers. It goes down. So your, your brainstem, you know, your stay alive functions. Yeah. When the amygdala is in charge, it's just activating your body. It's not oh. activating your your greater thinking. Okay, that's interesting. So it's keeping so you're like it's keeping you alive. The limbic system essentially then is keeping you alive. But it you're you don't have time then if you're in fight or flight. You don't have time to think through it all. Essentially, right? Like your prefrontal cortex then isn't engaged at all. So you don't have time to think through all of that. It makes me um, it makes me think about too like. If you if you think about that, like if it if it goes like your prefrontal cortex goes offline and stops working when that limbic system is engaged, right? Then you're just powered by adrenaline, um, and so your yeah, height, your it, senses are heightened. You probably hear better, I would think. You're probably stronger. Um, yeah, like you hear stories about that, like moms lifting cars off of babies. That's probably because the they're not thinking like logically. I can't do this. There, it's just a physicality of a reaction. Then. Um, that's crazy. Um, it does. Yeah, there's biology. There's biology to that because yeah. the pre when the amygdala is activated, the blood flow actually stops going to the prefrontal cortex for that reason. Like stop wow. thinking, stop thinking, yeah. and start doing something. Running. Like your body, <laughs> yeah, because that's what it's for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally. I had a parenting. I had a parenting coach who used a very similar visual. Tiffany, right, when she talked about like our kids, when they're when you've got your two-year-old like laying out on the floor and it's like they're they're flipped. She called it their lid was flipped, which is exactly that, right? Like there's no rational brain that's gonna get that two-year-old up off the floor. Like, and so we sometimes come in, and then what does that sometimes trigger for us? Our fight or flight, you're like, let me pick this kid up and just run out. But you're not actually gonna rationalize with that, whether it's two or ten, right? Or 
20 sometimes. And so recognizing, she would always say like, the lid is flipped, right? Which I think is exactly what she's, she was referencing. And that you've got to actually like get somebody back into a, a safe space. And that's actually, it's the opposite of like, sometimes as parents, we we go into like, let's like, we're, we go into our own fight or flight. And recognizing that and being able to like get everybody down actually will help us navigate out of it more than the battle that you're not going to mm-hmm. win with your two-year-old. Yeah. Well, and I, I think about even in the sales world, like when you get a, a message from a team member that says, we need to talk and there's no context behind it. Like my, like, I would love to hear what happens to your body. Like mine, my stomach immediately like seizes up. Like I can feel like my stomach and my chest a little bit more instead of like normally, like my whole, my, my breathing gets more shallow because I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Like I'm not, I'm in emotion, like I'm in reaction mode. I'm not in logic mode at that point, um, which is interesting. And so it's weird that that can happen at that level too, where I don't like need to be kept alive when someone says we need to talk. <laughs> but my body still reacts that way and my brain still reacts that way even though it's not a literal fight or flight, but it, it puts you into that when something stressful happens, which is interesting too. Yeah, it's yeah the crazy brain takes you there. Your brain, yeah. and they don't understand, your brain doesn't understand the difference between perceived threat and real threat. Mm. And like in the way we developed, this was important. Like you see a grizzly bear, like you yeah. don't need to be, think logically, you need to get up a tree or you need to, you know, you got to do whatever it takes. And so your body responds the exact same way to a grizzly bear as it does to that text. Mm. And I know for me, I realized I stopped breathing, like not literally stop breathing, but I kind of start holding my breath, yeah, Mm -hmm. like preparing. And I realized it because the rest of my team is like, (sighs) you exhale this like giant exhale. Mm often throughout the day. And I realized it was because I, when something happened, I kind of guarded and constricted my body like that and held my breath to, to like resolve whatever it was. And I didn't really breathe normally until it was handled. Yeah. That's fascinating. Oh, it's it's yeah. interesting to like observe your body. I find that I tense and I don't even realize that like even mm-hmm. my face, like I, my, I am everything is kind of clenched and I don't mm-hmm. even realize it, right? Until somebody, like you, you, I realize like, oh, there's a release, like, right? Where someone is like, relax, relax. And you're like, I am relaxed. And then you're like, no, actually, like, I'm actually not, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, your brain is deciding that something is a threat. And you're like, right, Tiffany, what you're saying, your body physically responds like you're in danger, literally like your life is in danger. Your your body is having that physical response every single time it happens over and over and over again, day in and day out. It's happening and the adrenaline you're, you literally is coursing through your body as that is happening over and over again. So no wonder mm-hmm. you're exhausted. You're legitimately yeah. exhausted because your body is working overtime to respond to those perceived threats. Yeah, like no one had eight grizzly bear attacks in a day. Like that would be a one (laughs) and done thing. Yeah. We're not biologically set up to handle that level of adrenaline. That's what wears us out. It it makes us look like a superhero picking up the cars and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. But we can't sustain. Our bodies physically cannot sustain that level. And so learning and— Kimber, that, that is exactly flipping your lid. It was actually coined by Dan Siegel, who's a neuroscientist. And so when you, like, when you look at your fist, 
that's what you want. And when you flip your lid, your fingers have flown up to the ceiling and you're just letting your thumb run the show. Um, And it happens on all kinds of things. So like we talked about that email of like, or the text of we need to talk, or your kids say you hate you, they hate you, or you get a, a, an upset client, um, or there's an actual like car coming into your lane. Like all of that is the same response physically. And you, you're taking your prefrontal cortex offline. Your body is doing that because the blood flow is going somewhere else. And that, what that means is you're responding in fear. Like literally you're responding to everything in fear. So you text like that, you yell at your kids, you can't hear what your boss or what your employees are telling you because of whatever negative thing they said to you first. Like you're literally, you can't process it because your body is heightened in another way and you can't bring it down on your own, you know, or or you can't unless you bring awareness to it. So, so I imagine Tiffany too, like think about like the, our world, right? If you're in, like, you're negotiating an intense contract, you had to facilitate a hard, hostile negotiation, like your body, I mean, think about sometimes like I have not moved out of my chair, but I have, I'm emotionally exhausted at the end of the day. So it makes me think about it, right? Cause I'm literally like I, that adrenaline rush is happening every time I have to pick up the phone and have a really like, you've got the client on the other side that's upset or particularly in the markets we've been in for, and you've, we've been really living in that for like the last three years of just all day long. Maybe you didn't move from your Zoom, but you were in really hard and challenging moments that your brain was saying, like, get out of there. <laughs> and you couldn't. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we talked about it with the kids already when I was when I was writing this and thinking about it. I'm like, it's not just you're going back to your primitive brain. Like, you're going back to your 15-year-old brain. Like, and that, that kind of stopped me where I'm like, whoa, okay, I do not want to be responding like a 15-year-old who thinks they're being completely logical and totally understands everything that's happening here. And, you know, very much does not. And so that was a good reminder for me. Like, I need to become aware of my body. Like, when my body is telling me that my brain is offline, and, like, that's kind of step one is— Kimber, you know it's the tenseness. I know when I've stopped breathing. Like when I feel myself exhale, it means that I'm not breathing appropriately. Or sometimes I also move. Like when I can't sit in my chair, when I'm like all of a sudden pacing on a call, that's also an indicator to me that like I'm, my prefrontal cortex may be coming offline a little bit. Mm. So. That's really interesting. Well, and I think for today's episode, our our real goal is for you all to understand how to identify when your prefrontal cortex is engaged and when it is not. Because once we're aware that that is happening, then what you can do is you you can take the time to fully fold your fingers back back down, right? Your lids flipped. You can fully re-engage your prefrontal cortex back over your thumb to get yourself fully integrated back into crushing life, back out of emotional mode. And if you can do that, right, that's going to bring your limbic system back into equalized mode. And you can respond with information with your whole brain instead of just reaction mode, not just fight or flight tendencies. Um, And that's really in the next episode that we're going to cover next week, we're really going to work through ways in which you can do that in order to just absolutely crush business and crush life, which is going to be awesome. So think yeah. about your reactions this week, right? Like think about what you just heard. Like what, like for me, like it is that tension. Like if it's for yeah. you, it's the breathing. Like think about when you have a moment that it might just be that the phone rings and somebody says, got a minute. And you're like, yeah. oh gosh, what is that about? But what's the feeling that you have? Just try to get that awareness of, of how your body's responding. 
And when you got that, then you go into, is this a real threat? Is this a false threat or a real threat? Because you do need to respond in, you know, with your, with your brainstem in certain situations and like, is this that moment? So I love that, Kimber. Yeah. As you're like thinking about what you've learned today, you've got your brainstem, which then the limbic system develops to keep you alive. And then prefrontal cortex is your higher level thinking. And until all three of those are engaged, like you need your heart beating, you need to be staying alive and being safe, and you need to be thinking fully. Um, that's when you're going to be integrated and really making good choices. So Notice your body this week and notice, are they real threats? Am I really going to die or irreparable damage going to be happening here? Or is this a perceived threat that my brain is responding to like a real threat? So that's what we want to leave you with this week. Next week, it is going to be an amazing uh, episode full of all the things we've learned about how to get that prefrontal cortex back engaged, um, all the tactics, how to use your body to do that. It's going to be amazing. And we cannot wait to see you or hear or listen next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.